I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Love That Ad. Very special episode today. Joined as always by my uh, lovely colleague Shane W. Yo. Raymond. How you doing, Shane? How are we? I'm very good, thanks. And today we have Sean Early, Managing Director of Creative Campaigning at Taneo. Sean, welcome to the show. Gents, thanks for having me. Uh, great to have you on board. Uh, great to have another one uh, who's like the flight of the Earls, uh, escape in Dublin uh, on that bandwagon. It's great. It's great to get uh, you know stacked today. Aaron, like you so single-handedly are driving house prices up outside of Dublin with yeah, this great. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, there's plenty of space. It's a whole country. It's a whole country. Uh, come on. No, it's a uh, Sean. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks very much for for taking the time to come on. Yeah, look, it's it's great to be here, and uh, yeah, I I think it's really it's funny. Obviously, we've been chatting about getting out of Dublin, and I think that more and more people will hopefully um figure out that there is more to the country than than what we what we all have been. I suppose we all well, all went to college and socialized and everything else. So yeah, and more of that, please. It's great to be on this side of the trend, isn't it? It Just is. Early <laughs> We're early adopters. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, it's it's uh, it's 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 great to have you on, and um, I suppose uh, a lot of people in the industry would would know uh, both yourself as well as Taneo and, and and the amazing work to do, and a lot of people who don't work in the industry might know Taneo as as good sponsors of uh, intercounty teams. Um, but just looking at, at kind of your your experience over the years, you've kind of a lot of audio uh, production base as well as heavy social and heavy creative, and it's kind of like a like a meld between the the creative and social aspect is that is that due to purely your your own kind of interest or is that just where the industry is going and where you found yourself kind of uh, moving towards yeah so um i graduated in 2009 and there wasn't really a whole pile of uh social media digital marketing um age i think there was like two two agencies maybe in dublin at the time and, you know, I, I specialized in audio and I got into to radio first and was working in a couple of the big Dublin radio stations. And actually what I started to see was the sales team more and more were struggling to sell radio advertising, but we're looking at full marketing packages for their clients. And, you know, we're trying to figure out, right, with this massive Facebook page, can we do something to commercialize that? Can we start offering, you know, uh, full packages that it's, you get your radio ad, you get a promotion on the Facebook, you get, you know, so, some some content from the DJ's own channels and pages as well. And that was something that really interested me. And I had a couple of friends working in agency at the time and they kind of, you know, were giving me the nudge to say the kind of stuff that you're doing is going to start becoming really big. And yeah, I kind of was move, moving myself away from kind of pure radio creative so radio ads radio imaging etc and moving more towards you know the, the kind of the full digital marketing uh, packages for clients so it was something that i became more and more interested in as time went on made the jump into communications agencies kind of in a social specialist role social was just an area that i had a real uh, i suppose a bit of a, a passion for and yeah as as time went on that kind of morphed into more of a end-to-end kind of campaigning approach so whatever the creative required for you know whether it is radio or digital or at a home or tv or whatever the case may be kind of getting the full marketing mix and uh, kind of across the board so yeah it was a it was a passion um that i suppose was driven by kind of seeing what the industry trends were and trying to uh, make myself as ubiquitous and, and and kind of create as much utility for 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 myself as possible selfishly right but kind of seeing what way the wind was blowing and trying to upscale myself in those areas for sure 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's such a such a you you covered it in a very short space of time. But there's a, a a hell of a lot of change in not just the Irish industry there, but marketing and advertising as as a, as a global entity there over that over that decade. Um, it's did you find that it was a well social and creative and it all makes perfect sense and you can sell it passionately you know for five ten minutes spiel but then actually when the rubber's hitting the road it was hard to actually get that across to to kind of the establishment at the time or was it was it was it easier than that it's been uh, absolutely an uphill struggle it was not an easy sell and sorry it's a car going by here now moment um you know it's been one of those things that you have to bring people on that journey with you and you have to you know, try and convince people to, well, certainly, you know, in, in the past decade, you know, try and show them on a small scale the effectiveness of, of social and digital and creative um, and allow that, I suppose, or use that to allow you permission to unlock, <clears throat> excuse me, a, like a bigger a bigger budget or a, a bigger remit. So, yeah, it's, I think people have, you know, absolutely come around to that way of thinking, but definitely I remember, you know, going in and trying to fight the corner for, media budget allocation for social versus, you know, um, direct response advertising or mailers or, you know, again, just trying to prove the worth of being able to track from a digital analytics perspective where a client spend was having the most impact or, or you know, the most results. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was definitely when that those those couple of years when I first started off an agency. Yeah, it was a real it was a real uphill struggle. But definitely, I think the industry has embraced it a lot more now. And, and you know, it's a completely different ball game as time has gone on. Yeah, I think like me and Aaron both bought digital in media for a while. And we were there like Aaron before me, but like from 2013 on when it was like, hundred euro on Facebook and a hundred mm-hmm. euro on Twitter. And yeah. it's kinda of like, how do we buy on this? Can we buy on that? I don't know. Get them on the phone. Is there a phone but number? E- but, e- <laughs> but even that even that small uh budget allocation, the hundred euro or the on, on Facebook or Twitter, that would dominate eighty percent of the meeting conversation yeah. mm-hmm. compared to the hundred grand that's spent on one other platform. That has no that tracking. That has no tracking. Yeah. It's like what well, we're, I don't don't think we're we're concentrating on the right things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it well, off. I don't care. <laughs> but as well, Aaron, you remember like you know the bum fights even between agencies of of who should control the creative for those yeah. channels, right? So, is it comms because it's a communications platform and it's a two way? We're not just advertising at people. Is it advertising because the look and feel needs to be consistent with the master brand? Is it the media agency because from an organic perspective, we're not going to get much results? And it just became this thing that fell between two yeah. stools and it was never really immediately obvious. And I still don't think that that, that complex problem has, I think we've all found ways of navigating it, but I don't think it's fully ever been solved, you know, in a, in a, in a I suppose a very complete way. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting space. And yeah, I think it, it, it definitely had uh, a disproportionate amount of focus in the early days. And that's why I think it was so, <laughs> important for those of us who are in that industry to kind of maintain pace with the the rate of development and you know new features and new products and everything else and because there was always you know a huge volume of questions from clients uh, about you know these new emerging technologies and it was one of the things when me and Aaron started when we were both in MediaWorks and we started our side hustle with a video production company Modo it was because of that it was online video. It was this rigmarole as to who was doing what and why was doing it. And no one could answer the question. And we were like, okay, well, let's just pitch the idea and say, we have a full service. We can just give you this for this price. 
And they were like, yeah, okay, it's not conflicting with anyone's contracts. Let's just do it. And it was because of that opportunity and that kind of everything falling between two stools that we were able to kind of start doing that in 2013 and eventually get to where we are now. You know what I mean? So it was yep. a blessing when you could yep. see the opportunity. But it's uh, it's crazy. We were, we were only talking to Shane Foley last week, who's, who's um, paid social over in core. And he's obviously still in the game heavy. And just talking to him about it, it's just it's just changed so dramatically (laughs) and i think you know it it sounds shane like you you know from a media works perspective you guys were ahead of the curve in that regard because what we're starting to see more and more is just a complete blur and like where a comms agency will start hiring you know in-house media buyers Mm -hmm. media agencies are starting to build their own invention teams you see with group m and you know their own creative service offering and it's just going to become a blur of 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 offerings from clients where it is the the strategy the creative and the buy all in one place um and i think there'll still be you know specialist agencies who can handle things like uh you know crypto or you know uh, corporate b2b sales or but i think for the most part we're starting to see a bit of it which i think is a little bit disappointing as well but like this homogenous kind of mm-hmm. blob of an agency that can kind of do a bit of everything for clients, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I was only thinking about this the other yeah. day. I was like, yeah, but then you're going to, having been in an agency that kind of started doing that, you're like, you kind of lose a bit of soul and you lose get a yeah. bit of passion yeah. for parts of media. And But I think there'll always be an opportunity for that outlier who just does. No, we just do yeah. social content and that's why they win X amount of awards in it. Do you know what I mean? As yes, opposed to just ticking yes, over. Correct. But it's, I agree with you. I don't know. I'm kind of like, it is kind of disappointing, but it is definitely the way everything's going. Yeah, yeah. Like you have, you have to remember those those uh, 100 euro debates we were having, uh, you know, while while we were talking about the campaign in front of us, uh, it was the tip of the iceberg because it was undermining the entire structure of an agency and yeah. client mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. does what so while we were debating a, a thing that was seemed important for the campaign it was actually it was actually reminiscent of it a much bigger <laughs> problem that the agencies hadn't even uh, started to grasp but let alone got a plan for for the next uh, two or three decades very much um, so um and, and i think you know ju- just just the last point on the whole homogenous blob thing is some of the best campaigns I ever worked on. Some of the stuff that got the best results and the stuff that was the most enjoyable to work on was when there was a lovely cross agency team. Like mm-hmm. the, there was the ad agency, there was us doing the social and digital. There was a media buyer in the room. The client was there. The client had their sales uh, director there. And it just, you know, and everybody knew their lanes. There was no uh turf wars everybody was very respectful of each other and there was just a moment when it just became kind of one it felt like you were it felt like you were playing part of a football team everybody was pushed in the same direction and it was just that moment where everything clicked and you know actually one of the ads i'm going to talk about today came from that um one of the ad agencies that i that i reference uh, in, in terms of that um in terms of that really nice work and that was a different project we worked with them on but I'm not surprised that they turn around such amazing work because they've got a really, really good ethos and a really good collaborative spirit when it comes to working with other agencies as well. Cool. Well, that's great. Well, that's a that's a lovely segue in, into the ads. Now that we've solved the uh, the agency uh, problems of the world, um, Sean, what kind of ads can we expect to see from you today? Uh, I'm a big fan of Christmas. Love Christmas. I think Christmas yields a great space for uh really creative campaigns i think it's the time of year 
when a lot of businesses they they to some degree throw out the rule book a little bit they they're willing to be a little bit more frivolous um emotion is key and as we know you know emotion outperforms function when it comes to really great creative um and you know as a result two of the three ads i'm going to talk to you about today are christmas-based ads um i also think animals do exceptionally well in uh, in advertising um and yeah two, two of the ads that i'm going to talk to you about today as well uh, feature animals um and i think that you know when we when we look back through you know when you, you were like right pick three ads i did sit down on youtube and go right okay what are the three that i definitely definitely want to go with and i wanted to try and come up with as broad a geographic reach mm -hmm. of of ads as well because i think it's always important that we don't just look within our own backyard uh, at the mm -hmm. practice of advertising um and even ones that are in foreign language i think are important to you know to consider in terms of you know how they do how they approach emotion or how they approach product placement or whatever the case may be so um yeah that's kind of a without giving the game away there that's kind of the approach that i use to, to pick the ads brilliant so what's the, what's the first one we're going to see so the first one is uh john lewis uh their 2016 ad with buster the boxer so uh, created by an agency in the UK called Adam and Eve DDB. I'm sure anybody who's watching this is aware of Adam and Eve. Little, <laughs> little known agency, <laughs> small shop, small shop, um, who do amazing work. Uh, they're the agency that, um, so we worked on a cross-functional campaign uh, with them for Walls Ice Cream um, across the UK. And they're just an unbelievable agency. Um, they're exceptionally talented and much lauded and awarded um, and they've also got the science and the marketing rigors of the work of uh, Lesbine and, and Peter Fields in terms of their IPA work as well it just it really speaks to the science behind good advertising as opposed to the guesswork um, so yeah this is a, a brilliant ad it features a, a cover of the song One Day I'll Fly Away um, I believe it cost them a million pound to make and yeah it's just for me it just elicits such joy i have a boxer dog we've always uh, had dogs in the family we had a boxer dog before the boxer dog that we have we're planning on getting another boxer dog so i'm quite biased uh in terms obviously the the, the characters uh, within the ad and um yeah i just love the fact that they had the ad then they had the storybook then they had the plush toy then they had the social you know they had a whole ecosystem it's not just the ad it's the campaign mm -hmm. and that came with it as well that i thought was done really really cleverly and then they had a partnership with the wildlife trust where they donated uh money based off of the the sales of the the associated advertising products like the plush toy um because there's other animals that feature in the ad as well so they were able to raise kind of funds from a kind of csr perspective as well cool Brilliant. well for the um two people in the world who haven't seen this ad yet uh, let's uh, let's have a quick look One day I'll fly away 
It's been a long time since I saw that ad. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's, it's great ad, isn't it? Yeah, and like the last time I saw that ad, I didn't have my own dog, and now I do, and I'm like, oh, I love it even more because you know, what I mean, you see the personality yeah, yeah, in yeah. that dog. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see. Well, no, my dog's a little Dachshund. She wouldn't get anywhere near that fucking trampoline. <laughs> but it's just the playfulness coming yeah. through on the dog. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's, lovely. it's lovely. And there's a bit of there's a bit of the animals of Farthing Wood in there as well. Yeah. With all the, the fox and the badger and everyone getting in on it. And the thing that I found amazing about that ad is um, that boxer dog is not CGI. That's a real dog. Um, there was an Even article. for the bouncing bit. Uh, now maybe not for the bouncing bit, but the bouncing <clears> is for the CGI. bits where yeah, the bouncing is definitely CGI because they got criticised yeah. for his joints and they had to come out and go, no, no, he's CGI. But yeah, the rest of it yes. is not. No, yeah, yeah. So he's so, so that bit at the window when he when he's looking at them and then he does the yeah, that looks, that's real, that real yeah. yeah, that's pretty. And cool. he's still alive. He uh, there was an article there that I saw towards the end of last year where he's eleven years old now. His name is Biff as opposed to Buster. Um, I think he he was featured in you know when they do the big fat quiz of the year and they randomly roll out a character and saying what is what what What's is this character from? famous for yeah yeah and uh yeah he he does like these minor celebrity appearances in the uk where he like raises <laughs> raises money for like dog funds and dog charities and stuff like that still so uh i i just know cameo that... videos yeah exactly <laughs> that'd be great so uh yeah that's yeah that, for, that's for me and I don't know why this is the way it is in my head. I have told myself this is the last John Lewis ad I really liked. At that, that's mm-hmm. the way I have it in my head. I didn't. It was when this one came out. I really liked it. And the one I can't remember what the one was after this. Um, it was the one with the big monster. Moz. Yeah, mm, I Maz didn't. Monster, I, yeah. I was like, mm, that's not tell, selling to me now. But it's like that one. I was like, that was so in my head. That's the last. That was like the. The, the great death rattle for, for me the, the, <laughs> I love the, it. this is this is funny now for, the, for this one because i remember when i watched this it was like oh it's john lewis it's a good ad but it w- wasn't bowling me over like the previous john lewis ad you know with the kid waiting with with the present and all those ones mm. that were were absolutely class um but watching it now it's it's aged really well and mm. it's become it's it's almost like when the years have gone by that your expectation of the ad is gone because everyone's waiting in November for the John Lewis ad and you're watching it's like, oh, I didn't make a cry. Yeah. Whereas that pressure's not on viewing this here in February, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, six yeah. years later. So it, it, it was, I was able to actually just appreciate it as a really good ad, uh, which is, yeah. that, that's the first time that's happened with a John Lewis ad now. So that's, that's quite interesting because despite it being John Lewis, they don't actually get picked by a lot of people on, on the, the podcast. No. It's an, it's an interesting space, right? Because I think we always think of, as Shane quite rightly said, we, we think of John Lewis ads in the context of other John Lewis ads, right? We never appreciate yeah. them in isolation. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they have set the bar high for themselves with things like, you know, the pair of love with the two snowmen, you know. The bear in the hair is... The, yeah. the bear in the hair, exactly. Um, you know, it's interesting that you say like it was like the death rattle. Mm. Um, it was definitely one of the stronger, more recent ones. You know, I think the only exception is is the one with the dragon and the kind of Game of Thrones themed one. But um, yeah, it's 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 funny. I don't think you know they they've definitely 
it's part of the peak and then yeah. i think there has been kind of a tapering That's off I mean, of, I guess, of yeah. just the quality yeah yeah or not it's not, not the, the quality, quality of production it's, it's just the, quality, the, the impact concept. i feel or yes yeah and it's probably it, it's, it's also a very personal thing you know what i mean I, I, yes. like i think the quality is is still there particularly in production and probably the amount of thought put in because like the opportunity for the the agencies here is the john lewis christmas app we're going to work on this for 11 months you know what I mean? They're not. They have a team who are who are working on this, um, uh, like million pound budgets. Like this is a this is a big deal. So there's definitely quality and, and effort put in. But I think it's definitely. Uh, I, I I I do say that. And it's a very personal. I think it's it's so personal. Like I'd say they're put. They're, they're, like I know we were talking to who were we talking to about this? It was Man on the Moon one. I'm not a big fan of that one, but some people absolutely adore it. And mm, it's like mm. it's like albums. John Lewis Christmases are like bands albums. Yes, Some people yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah. love it's just when it hits you on that yeah. year and you're like, Yes, I absolutely love that or mm, no, they lost me once they once they went into their new age stuff, I'm not into it anymore. Once they brought synth in <laughs> like it's That's kinda, a great analogy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great analogy. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Mm. So there's not and it's not doesn't mean that they're terrible artists, it's just you're not into it as much, you know. But uh, no, it's class that that is a, a that, that is a really good one. But Aaron, that's a, that's a good point though. That removing the expectation around waiting for it and then seeing it completely in isolation after almost forgetting it, and you're like, that's like, here's a question because I was like, it makes me smile. I was like, is it making me smile because I have a dog now, or I had a trampoline growing up, so I know that kind of like fun. The first time you step on a trampoline, you're mm. you're that weightlessness, and you're like, this is the most fun in the world until you get bored of it yeah. but when you do it the first time you're just like you're on it for days for days um and i think it, it really captures that kind of um i don't know energy in that and i suppose trampolines were a big thing when we probably all are all of us were growing up weren't they so it's uh just tapping into that kind of bit of nostalgia the, using the animals really reminds you of Ireland before or my life before I ever set foot on the trampoline the joy of it you know there's so, yeah. there's a scene there there's a little bit where it reminds me of uh, my, my brother when he's um telling me when he, when, he, when he's prepping for Christmas um just uh how frustrating um putting something like a trampoline can be together or you see your man he clipped his clipped his hands in the in the metal poles and he you know he wants to curse out loud <laughs> but it's gone just that, so he's, he, he, he's holding yeah, us yeah. in and in the morning when when the, the kids are running out i have said that the kid's face and expression when buster passes her by is excellent priceless done. Mm. that just face drop from pure joy to what the heck's going on here? I absolutely love that. That was that that made it for me actually. That just that 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 facial expression. Yeah. The one thing at the ad <clears throat> that I've never been able to reconcile is, um, obviously, it's Christmas time because there's a Christmas tree up in the house. The kid comes down the next morning, and we have just essentially seen an ad where Santa Claus hasn't left the trampoline, but you see the parents putting it together. So I now, have I have a comment on this. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah, I've never so, been able to figure it out. So this is something that has uh, come to light with once I joined forces with my my wife's family and seeing what her Christmas is like. So, and I and I think this is a thing in England when we live there. Santa brings presents, but parents also give kids presents. Okay. So there's okay. it's not a 
Whereas in my house, my parents were stingy, so Santi only brought us presents. Whereas yeah, in, no, no, same. That, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, right. That was that was that was my life. I never got presents from my parents. I only got presents from Santa, which is okay. Um, but my wife's house, no, no, no. Parents give you presents, and Santa leaves his presents. It's like that ad. It's like Santa will bring them what they want, but this is from me. Um, and I think that's what they're tapping into there. Uh, with that kind of frustration, it's like that trampoline was from the parents, and Santa brought something else for it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I know it's a weird thing yeah. when you because I, I thought it was very strange when first Christmas with my wife like eleven years ago. I was like, "What do you mean? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this? What's, what's happening? <laughs> Take it back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who's this from? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a, that was a that was a great one to to kick us off with there, Sean. Thanks for thanks for yeah, uh, bringing that to the table. Um, so what what do we have in store next? So uh, we'll continue with the theme of Christmas. Uh, lovely, lovely lovely ad um i'm sure you saw there was an unbelievably heavy media buy uh, for it in ireland um again we're, we're we're in the christmas vein so it was in 2020 uh roth co-created a lovely ad for woodies mm-hmm. in living memory i haven't seen a woodies ad in years and years like i think this was woodies kind of first dip in emotional advertising certainly um that i can remember um the story of mrs higgins so uh, she appears to be a widow or maybe a, a lady who never married a older lady living alone in what looks like a kind of a inner city maybe stony batter or cabra sort of an area group a group of kind of juvenile what appear to be delinquents <laughs> hanging on the street corner across the road everyone says hello to mrs higgins as she goes about her little, uh, her day-to-day chores with Kevin, her dog. And then there's a lovely little um, emotional surprise that you wouldn't expect in terms of uh, how those juvenile delinquents actually uh, view Mrs. Higgins. Let's go for it. Let's have a look at, at Mrs. Higgins. Pay for me now, good boy. Uh, how are you, Mrs. Higgins? Hiya, Mick. Come on, start a new podcast where we actually just watch shane's reaction to us sorry yeah, yeah. I, what i was reacting to there was sorry <laughs> i thought i forgot i was actually behind as well because i'd loaded this up earlier and i was some fucking two and a half minute christmas story started on youtube i was like what the hell is this <laughs> um no i was reacting to I, I saw something that i hadn't noticed in the in any other times I watched it, so that's that's what I was reacting to. Um, it was more. And what was that? Okay, so I assumed it was the lights over her door. Mm. I'd never noticed that before, and then I was wondering because in the scene before, where the person's running in the rain with the the um, with the Christmas tree, you notice that her like the gate is. 
I don't want to say like it's it's in disrepair, right? Um, as is that's kind of not uncared for, but just she has other things going on and it's tough to kind of look after the house. The house beside her is very Christmassy and there is no lights over her door. Her door, And then I was like, oh, does he fix the... He talks to the neighbor. Does he fix the gate and put the Christmas lights over her door? That's what kind of confused me because I assume she didn't do it. She wouldn't. She can't even reach over the door. So the na- is that why the neighbor looks out the window because he put the lights on as like a gift? I never noticed that. Yeah, never I never noticed that, that was that was the face yeah, I was yeah. pulling. I was like, oh, those lights weren't on it beforehand. And then the neighbor does the little look out because he has loads of Christmas lights, and it's it's very it, for some reason it caught my eye way more than it ever has, and I was like, that looks so nice you know what i mean um yeah that's, we should ring someone from rock yeah. and they'd be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> we need christmas lights last it just looks nice yeah. Jesus. Dark, stop so need stop something. thinking about it would you <laughs> <laughs> but a dop needed but uh, needed some backlights so yeah. gorgeous <laughs> just put some around the door that's a gorgeous um gorgeous ad Sorry. i showed it to my wife last night um and we we're i was discussing it with her and she was giving me loads of suggestions um she bawled really really yeah yeah um i just think sometimes you know um old people and ads they can really touch you like mm-hmm. she just she she found it really emotional because she felt so sorry for the little old woman and isn't it so nice that people did that nice thing for her um you know when uh, you, you're kind of you know there's the kid doing the wheelie there's a group of them hanging out on the yeah. wall and they're, okay they're not being shown to be like doing graffiti and you know setting cars on fire and stuff but you're kind of subtly suggested that they don't really care all that much about mrs higgins and just that kind of that little moment of human emotion yeah so she she yeah she found it very emotional but um i think it's a really interesting little observation there shane i never yeah after watching it there again the lights above the door yeah that could have been the neighbor on the other side who doesn't seem to get maybe as much credit maybe as the young who fixed the gate because i never i just never noticed it I, I noticed in, in the most recent watching as well that her dog is called Kevin. And it kind of made me think, you know, it's 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 to anthropomorphize, I can't use the word, to, to give it a human uh, name as, as kind of plain as Kevin. I was like, it made me feel as though she's definitely a widow and like maybe Kevin was the name of her husband or something mm. like that. And like there's something that, anyway, uh, just a throwaway remark really. No, I could see that. I, I 100% could see that. Like my... um. My granny's a widow and she's gone through like three or four dogs and they have these dogs. It's like a real quintessential thing. It's like they have company. You mm, know what I mean? Mm, and mm, um, mm. they love their dogs. Their dogs are spoiled and they're treated like people and they go with them everywhere and they bark if anyone comes to the door. They protect them completely. You know that type of thing? So I can see. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fair representation of that. Yeah, no, no, but also like it's just objectively funny uh, playing human names on, on dogs. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like and you named your dog after really my mother-in-law, Aaron. You knew my mother-in-law exactly. before you got your dog, and then you <laughs> named your dog after my mother-in-law. Our boxer's called Walter, so yeah, oh, we have a similar. I have yeah. a Nancy. Yeah, yeah, I have a, a Nancy. So like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> and to round it out, I have a Rosie. Yeah, <laughs> we, all, we all have dogs. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that's 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 a good choice. I I, I couldn't help but but linger on the end shot there of the street mm-hmm. mm. and lovely christmas scape you know when it all snowed i uh, just thinking uh, the poor bastards doing production trying to have <laughs> yeah. to to make that and no one step on it and do foot marks yeah. and everything uh it, it, it's done really well it actually genuinely looks like a like a like a, a snow we need to figure street. out who is because we talked about this when we had dermos podcast down in um 
in Anastymon as well with the Guinness shot. We need to figure out who's doing the snow and these guys. I want to get a number and I want to see what this type of stuff costs because I'm so curious about it. It's never something we've had mm-hmm. to do. I've never had to do in a production. But like, if anyone is looking cheap. for uh, treatment from faux, every treatment we'll for have, the next three we'll months is going to have snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> snow. Yeah. But this is an Easter ad. I don't care. You need you snow. Need snow. <laughs> it works. <laughs> you know, Aaron you, Aaron, you mentioned a really good... Um, you make a really, really good thing that I, I picked up on as well is the last shot of the ad. It kind of brings together almost three social classes as well. So the street, when you look at the final shot, you've got this old workers' cottages, kind of um, red brick, inner city Dublin, uh, stony batter sort of a vibe. On the right-hand side, you've got newer kind of 1980s, 1990s kind of council houses. And then down the very far end of the street, you've got what it what looks like a block of flats. And I think, you know, well, again, you'd have to ask the question to Rothko, was that intentionally done to kind of show, because the line is we're all homemakers and you're showing different uh, stages of Ireland and different, you know, social social groups together in that one shot at the very end, which I think is a really a really lovely way of trying to kind of bring generations and and, and different social groups, Mm. you know, in under that one banner, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think you're nail on the head there. Uh, I also think what's interesting, I'm only thinking about this now because it's Woody's as opposed to it being a great ad. I can't imagine, like, I'd say Woody's is probably targets. Like we don't really get many people who are in inner city because no, there's no Woody's in the city. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's real interesting that they went down the route of a place where they have no footfall, like no um, footprint. R- footprint, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I think that's super interesting as a strategy as well. Yeah. Like to, uh, I suppose it makes sense. It's like all these people have homes. They yes. need screwdrivers. They need to fix things. We need to show them the type of things they can fix, and Woody's is here to fix it with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a nail on the head though about showing the three different types of um, homes and showing it can apply to everyone. You know what I mean? You don't have to have some four bed out in the country to worry about DOI. You know what I mean? Everyone's home is a home yeah. and you should look after it. I'd uh, I'd love if we've put more thought into the strategy than actually Rothko <laughs> did. And the creative director just listened to this having a cigarette going, uh, it's just a fucking old woman. And- <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know. If you were that it's person in Rothko, please let us know. The dog was going to mug her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dog actually fixed the gate as well. <laughs> <laughs> we've done a complete retrospective on this and that's how you know that's how you know creative is great is when you can look at all this yes. you know what i mean so that creative <laughs> yeah, even if yeah. it was something he was like oh i wanted to make this story it's kind of like that's how you know it's good <laughs> or we, we've already paid for the snow we have yeah to, we have to <laughs> he was in the same situation or he or she were in the same situation they're like we just want to use snow we just want to use snow <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, right, well, on that uh, bombshell, we'll go to our, our last uh, final ad. Uh, Sean, where are we going this time? Yeah, so uh, we're off to Egypt. Um, this was an ad that mm. I came across more as a as a thing that got shared around on email chains and on primitive versions of social media back in 2010. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going right back um, 12 years ago, a... a they were called the the Arab Dairy Company, and um, produced a range of cheese called Panda, and yeah, I I had to I even had to go back and figure out was this 
a legitimate series of ads or was it just something that was created for social media as a bit of a piss take? Um, but it, it turns out that this was um, a series of ads. Uh, they were all linked with this common theme of a quite acute and cuddly looking uh, panda creature who turned out to be an absolute psychopath um, <laughs> who essentially um, the, the tagline was never say no to panda cheese or never say no to panda. Um, it was a really interesting take for me because it gave me an insight as to the type of humor that performs well in the Middle East. Again, not something that I would ever have thought about previously. Um, I do, I do a bit of work now with clients uh, based in the Gulf. So trying to understand culturally what works with those audiences um, is always something that I, I find quite interesting. So actually, I, I've been exposed to these advertisements before, but I'd never kind of dissected them and I'd never kind of put that additional lens, you know, uh, to, to try and kind of retrofit the strategy around it. So uh, yeah, these are humor features heavily here, shock factor, um, and just really clever um, product placement as well. So uh, yeah, um, there's a whole series. I don't know which one we're, we're going to watch now, but I think there's about seven or eight of these ads that were kind of constructed in, in, a, in, a, in a series of um, a series of the, the continuing theme of, of the panda. I've never been more excited to see something I've never you seen before. See. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see the panda. Faze, I'm like my son, what's your good one? Just you know why Why Panda Mate Al Hashla Just you know why. Just you know why. 
So, first of all, I just want to say we talk about humor on this podcast for over a year. How we prefer humor. I have never laughed at an ad as genuinely as I did at that. And I don't know if it's because we watched them all back to back. It just made it funnier and funnier. You know, like something stops being funny and then gets even more funnier. That was that's fucking hilarious. I adore that humor. That, like, that's, at, Sean, you won the podcast. You won. You can stop it now. You can, oh. When he just, it's it's the the lack of at the start. So I have to get tissue. at the start. I was like, is is this gonna be like Terry Tate linebacker? You know, yes, you ever see that yeah, one? You know, yeah, 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 and I was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. But it's the it's the calmness and the music and the and like the subtlety of some of the stuff he does. It's like a kid. He's like, eh. or just yeah. The best one is when he. The, the, flipping your man's trolley with his foot like it's, so, de- it's so deftly done isn't it's it amazing. <laughs> yeah. just looking, like... <laughs> yeah that's that is class i am so that, that is that was very funny that's that's amazing that's so funny. not only is that one the funniest it, it is the yeah, funniest ad funny. i've ever seen that's some of the funniest stuff i've ever seen full stop as content just in the <laughs> it's world. great isn't it yeah um, that is immense. What I love about it is the unnecessarily uh, or the unnecessary violent flourish that he puts at the end of each yeah. one of the the takedowns. Right, so you've got the bit where he knocks over the trolley. Okay, he's landed <laughs> the message, and then it cuts back to him and he's jumping up and down on the, on the groceries. It's just it's so unnecessary and it's so over the top, but it makes it so funny. Or the bit where um with the lads who are making the pizza and like he just goes back and he. When the flower goes everywhere, or in the hospital, he makes a yeah. man. He's like, "There's your IV," and it's yeah. the day that, that that got me. That killed me. The fact that he's trying to kill him. There. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was insane. It's like, okay, that's a very funny bit where he knocks the telly. What are you gonna do about it? Eat the panda, and then he, do, he as you said, Sean, he always goes that one step further. But the way it's directed and written, it doesn't it doesn't jump a shark at any stage, no. even though it's. A, it's a it's a giant panda doing it. And he this pops stuff. up out of thin air. Like he's there. Oh, it's amazing. It's very mafioso. Yeah. Um I love I love the spot where nothing happens as well. Yeah. Because the father is so fucking terrified of this panda. But that dad, his act is brilliant when he he slaps the song on, get another one. Yeah. As in like yeah. his but it's the the it, the 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 first one. What what came to my mind straight away when we started watching it was Scorsese. Yes, and, and you yeah, you mentioned yeah, yeah. there the mafiosa. It just had that the music as the well. Music That's with a the very violence. kind of Goodfellas yeah. type of and and the and the the style of it. You're almost expecting that kind of ridiculous slow mo beaten up kind yeah. of scene yes. kicking in yeah. at any stage. Yeah. Like, and that yeah, was a big yeah. thing with Scorsese, wasn't it? Juxtaposing the music that those violent men liked, which was that crooners love music, but the things they used to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, so it's, it's, so yeah, they use Buddy Holly in the ad, um, True Love Ways is the song. And I just think as well, the costume design of the panda, because that shot when it just centers in on the panda's face and you're like, oh, that's quite an adorable looking panda. And then it just completely changes. Um, I just, I just think it's incredible. Obviously, um, needless to say, it won plenty of awards as well. Can lines, so Dubai links. Um, but yeah, just I'm, 
delighted I could bring something to the table that you guys haven't seen before. <laughs> but like, that's... I'm trying to think why it's so yeah. funny. And I think, what, like, the first time you see him, you're like, yeah, it's adorable. And then it's like, oh, he's doing something. Because he's so deadpan, you're like, I don't know if he's happy, sad, or what he's doing. But then by the third one, you're like, oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you realize it's a death stare. It's not like a gormless kind of like, like, that's what the, he... The, the timing, the timing is everything. Yeah, the timing, it, the editing is class. The way yeah. it's edited, yeah. uh, the, the timing of, of when he does the cert, the extra bits after the initial bit to scare you. Uh, it's... And and also the I have to say like I know obviously the panda's a star, but the acting yeah. uh, by all the people is insane. That kind of deadpan look. My f- sorry, my favorite my favorite little uh, actor bit there was the chef making the pizza, <laughs> and as soon as the panda pops up before anything happens, he immediately points to the customer as in like in the restaurant as in it, it's an order with no cheese. <laughs> so he's like to trying to deflect the blame and try to try and stop the impending beatdown. <laughs> that was so subtle but i thought it was absolutely class who made that uh so it's a, an agency called advantage marketing um yeah a, a, an agency based in the middle east so yeah um i think it's a re- really really great example of uh using humor and the two two yes. two other things mm-hmm. on it right one doesn't cost an arm and a leg it's just good writing and good mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. and two it's the fact that you could have easily played that safe. And when you said, no, I don't want any cheese, the panda could have just been like, <clears throat> giving you the cheese. And you'd be like, but I don't want that. And you could have been like, it's the, like with the pizza one, the fact that he takes a jar of like pickled onions or something and just put, he does like the most childish, outrageous thing. Like, the one, <laughs> like that's going to take hours. He's ruined all the work he's done before this. He's like, just because it's the overreaction. Yes. Uh, it's just, that's so thank you sean thank you and we that talk we great. talk about that in, in in advertising a lot though the idea of over dramatizing something for yeah. people right so that they it becomes abundantly clear that obviously that's not going to happen yeah it's a more moderated position and i think that's a really good example jane i think you've, you've hit that in the head there with it's an over dramatization of why you shouldn't choose this <laughs> but you know it's trying to pull back and yeah. you know that you would obviously moderate it yourself that's amazing you know that that a big thing that that that's come from that is is just a reiteration that that good ads and good humor it's 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 borderless like it, it transcends yeah. languages and everything and it's just it's so well done there's another bit actually that the, the package shot i think mm. that's excellently done as well because not only is obviously the panda putting the cheese and the different variety of cheese depending on the cut that you're watching but like in the actual ad when he does the initial scare and then he does the extra step to know you don't mess with this panda. He goes too far. He that's replicated in the in the product shot where he drops it down, and then he's like, "No, it's not good enough." So he nudges it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, just a very yeah. subtle thing. I thought it was absolutely lovely. It's a lovely touch, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's it's a little bit left to center, but it works. Yeah, it does work. It does work so that's well. A, I'm still taking yeah. all that in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as, as I said, Sean, you, you won. You won the podcast. That's, that's, that's it. That's good. done. So that's, that's the that's, end that's, of that's, I love that ad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, uh, that's uh, something's never made me cry or, or cry with laughter on this podcast. But uh, apart from today, that levy's been broken. Um, Excellent. Right. Well, I, there's no other way to to top that. We just have to end the show now. It. Literally. Um, Sean, thank you so much for, for those ads uh, and uh, riveting conversation around each one. 
And um, before we go, how can people kind of check in with you and Taneo and 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 what what you guys are up to these days? Yeah, so um, we I suppose they, they can obviously first and foremost they can uh, check out my personal LinkedIn. I'm always promoting what the company is up to, and um, we've got a global LinkedIn uh, page which features content from all of the different markets, and then um, a an Irish dedicated Twitter account as well. So at Taneo Ireland. So yeah, cool, brilliant, brilliant. And if anyone was listening to that. Uh, if any other week you're listening to this and you're uh, not watching uh, I, yeah, not watching go and google don't even go to the website just google never uh, never say no to panda and watch them on youtube please do yourself a favor uh, but if you want to get the whole episode you can get it on workwithfoe.e forward slash podcast um, and yeah until next week uh, see you then and thanks very much yeah. thanks for-